We need your support. We need it on social media and we need it across streaming platforms. So go on right now, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at WCDBpod, at WCDBpod, and then go to Spotify and go to SoundCloud and listen to this podcast. What are you waiting for? Welcome back to the We Can Do Better podcast. It is episode 28, and if you don't know by now, this episode is a tribute to the incomparable Dwayne Wade. He's an absolute icon, an influencer. He is He's the, the man that people look up to in Miami, and it serves him, it serves us only right to give him an episode that wraps up his entire career, his life, in the best possible way that we can. Uh, and I don't know how good that can be. Um, it's kind of hard to do justice to a career in Miami sports that, as I said before, nobody can compare to. And I'll start off by saying this. There's no We Can Do Better podcast without Dwayne Wade. There's no Miami Heat, um, you know, this image of a winner mentality, of this Heat culture without Dwayne Wade. No, none of that. You throw that out the window without Dwayne Wade. You throw that out if the Heat didn't take Dwayne Wade with the fifth pick in that 2003 NBA draft. Yeah, no, if they decided, oh, we're going to take Chris Kamen instead, yeah, no, we wouldn't be here right now. But thank God that we took Dwayne Wade because, I mean, changed the course of Miami sports history. And it's incredible, to say the least, that he even made it to Miami because this is a kid, this is a kid when he was a kid in Chicago, growing up in a, in the home of a heroin addicted mother a mother who when he was in college she was only able to see one of his college games because she was in prison for better part of two years carrying out a sentence related to her heroin addiction i mean he was seeing the police come into his house point guns at the head of his mother when he was a toddler and somehow 20 years later this is a kid in dallas in i, I don't even know how Averaging 35, 36 points a game in the NBA Finals and leading a franchise in its 18th year of existence to the NBA championship. And he does it, he doesn't do it with, with a great supporting cast. He doesn't do it with all stars next to him, with amazing players. He does it pretty much, it's him and like, it's him, it's him and a semi broken Shaq. It's him and older Jason Williams and Antoine Walker and old James Posey. A washed-up Gary Payton. Yeah, exactly. And Udonis Haslam. Pretty much, yeah. And he just sealed the deal against Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, incredible. Incredible. And it took him so long. And it took him... That takes thick skin. Not everybody can do that. You know? And it, that, that shows just what happens in Chicago through his life. Having to be taken away from his mother. Going with the, to, to live with his father, with his family. And... You know, to learn how to play basketball, to learn how to live life. Make a life for himself. Exactly. And those tough experiences when he was in high school and then going to a small school like Marquette kind of, you know, created this chip on his shoulder when he got to Miami. 
Um, you could tell that from a very early moment, Dwayne Wade, he did not take the moment for granted. I mean, let's talk about the fact that this is a 21-year-old taking to the heat on, on his back to the NBA to the NBA playoffs a year after they hadn't even made the playoffs, and he's winning them a series against the Charlotte Hornets, hitting game winners. He, he is one of the most clutch players of all time. I think he's the second best shooting guard of all time, and he is one of the greatest winners of all time. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you have to look back on on what he did with teams that weren't that weren't that good, honestly. He comes out and he just performs, averaging 25 points, things like that, making shots for himself, taking the team on his back to win games. We, we talk about uh, a player that should have deserved an MVP, who it was taken by Kobe Bryant. Yeah, he deserved that. He was average. His stats were incredible. And it only goes to show just how underappreciated Dwayne Wade was at the time when that Heat teams were, you know? I want to ask you a question, Daniel. Yes. When did you appreciate Dwayne Wade? When did you turn on that TV and for the first time think to yourself, I'm watching greatness. This is, I'm, it's an honor to watch this man play. I remember, I remember vividly, I went to a Charlotte uh, Bobcats game. This is what back when they were the Charlotte Bobcats. And I sat down in that arena and I saw this man go to work. And I think it was... I mean, I don't know, 2009, 2008, and he was, I mean, he was having the game of his life. He dropped, like, I don't know how many points. Probably 40 plus. Probably, yeah, probably 40 plus. Probably, you know, grabbing rebounds, running up and down the court. I was like, this kid is, he's something else. Like, he is a culture changer. You think about players who are drafted, you know, like, you think about, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning. You, you think about these legendary names. You think of names like, I don't know, like Michael Jordan, like, things like that. You know how much Michael Jordan means to the Bulls? He is the Bulls. He is the Bulls. And Dwayne, Dwayne Wade, Wade is the Miami Heat. He is. And he's inspired so many in Miami. He's inspired me. Uh, I'll tell you, when we were in high school, my senior quote was a Dwayne Wade quote that was, quote unquote, my belief is stronger than your doubt. Uh, and I think that that motto embodied so much of who Dwayne Wade, the basketball player, was and is still today and the type of person that he is. Uh, we're talking about a person who, throughout his career, humble, humble to a T, you know, he never let the fame, the success, the money, any of it get to his head. Uh, it seemed that he was the same person um, that the, he drafted in, with, the first, with the fifth overall pick. He's the same person today. And, you know, whether it was sticking up for his kids and taking full custody battle of his kids um, from their estranged mother earlier in his career... Or whether it was playing a game against the Indiana Pacers with both of his knees injected with I don't know how many fluids so that he could walk. I mean, the man was hobbling. We were thinking seven years ago, it's 2019. We were thinking in 2012, I don't know how much longer this guy's going to play. And, you know, I even think he said it too. He was like, my knees were in so much pain. He was like, I could have just given up. But he's Dwayne Wade. He doesn't give up. He's, he is, he's a soul. He's the engine to, to Miami sports. It's impossible, man. It's impossible to do to do it justice. It's it's it, impossible to even do it a twenty a fifteen twenty minute tribute to Dwayne Wade because I could talk to you for hours about what Dwayne Wade means to Miami. We could go through games where you just 
you're in disbelief, just of you're in awe. I know it's like it might sound corny to people listening to this podcast who aren't Heat fans, but that number three, that number three for Miami is sacred. There is no other player that I've grown up watching, and forget about Dan Marino because he didn't win a championship. And I know that he had a great connection with Miami. There is no player at all who had the type of connection with Miami that Dwayne Wade did. Because he understood the joy, the passion of the Miami fan. But he also understood that this is a city that, you know, it's not like Cleveland. We were never going to boo him when he left. We were always grateful for everything that he did. We always took things in context. And we always understood that at the end of the day, Dwayne Wade, we knew that Dwayne Wade would put it all on the line for us yeah i mean he has you know you talk about you talk about times where this this man he's just he's gone off and you talk you talk about in 2009 you talk about against the new york knicks when they were trailing in the fourth quarter and this man i mean he was getting so many cheap shots falling to the floor lips bleeding gets up what does he do he drops 24 points in the fourth quarter finishes with 46 points i mean he shut out he shut out that team and you saw every single human every single person every single thing in that arena standing up it was incredible incredible and to somehow still contribute as as we've alluded to past injury after injury the man is 37 years old and he's still arguably the best player on the heat and we've talked about this before he's averaging close to 15 points a game this year he's still shooting you know last second shots and to just give you a different perspective of how big Dwayne Wade has been to individual members of the Heat organization, I'll point to Eric Spolstra, the head coach of the Heat since 2008, considered a top five coach in the NBA by many today. And he was a video coordinator hired by Pat Riley in 1995 when Pat Riley took over from Miami. And he didn't become an assistant coach until around when Dwayne Wade came, right? And... Um, Eric Spolstra, more than almost anyone, you could say, values what Dwayne Wade has brought to this heat culture. And he said it, he said it the other night. They they lost the game, I believe it was it was two nights ago. They lost by two points against against the Timberwolves. It was in Minnesota. And they lost another game like that today, but honestly, I couldn't care less. Um, they lost by two points to in Minneapolis, and Dwayne Wade is shooting a three-pointer. And what, he's a career probably 30% three-point shooter. Yeah, around there. But we knew, everybody in that arena knew, everybody in Miami knew that Dwayne Wade was going to get that last shot. Because as Eric Spolstra said, I will take Dwayne Wade shooting the last shot to my grave. Yeah. Because that's what he means to Miami. That's what he means to the Heat. And, you know, it's never going to be the same. No, there will There will never be another player like Dwayne Wade on this franchise I, I don't know how this franchise goes on after because I mean you can talk about the salary cap situation you could talk about the fact that Pat Riley is getting old but he brought arguably some of the greatest years in any sport to Miami yeah and for that we honor him so Dwayne Wade I mean thank you it's been a pleasure it's been an honor it's been a privilege to have you on our team I mean, with the fifth pick in the NBA draft, I mean, I think it's kind of like, it's kind of meant to be, it's kind of destiny that Dwayne Wade came to Miami because I couldn't picture him doing anything that he's done for any other team. 
like he said it he's so if he could go back in the draft he would be he would want to be that fifth pick all over again because he he feels like he's like Miami is his place and it what it, it certainly is if you can I mean, look at a career. It's look, literally Miami Wade County. It's my. It's literally yeah. I'm he, wearing a Thomas Miami is Wade wearing, County. Is wearing a Miami Wade County shirt established in 2003. Do you, he has a shirt. He has his. He's in his own county named after him. In 2010, uh, everybody was talking about LeBron coming to Miami. Well, we didn't know if Wade was going to come back to Miami. He almost went to Chicago in 2010. And so what did what did Miami Dade County do? They renamed their county for a week for Dwayne Wade. They don't do that for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> they literally don't. You don't see you don't see Cleveland renaming their county for LeBron James, right? Well, let me t- Miami Miami is not Boston. Miami is not a city that, you know, idolizes Miami's not a city that would have idolized Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Miami's not a city that would have idolized Paul Pierce. It takes a lot for you to gain that type of recognition and status in a city that it's really an event city. It's not a sports city. Dwayne Wade made Miami a basketball town. Exactly. There's so many things to do in Miami. If you're from Miami, you know there's there's the beach, there's South Beach, there's downtown. You can literally go anywhere, any night, and you can have a party. But people choose to come and watch. He made the Heat appointment television. Absolutely. Absolutely. He put them on the map. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, big time. NBA Finals, 2006. It doesn't get any bigger. It just doesn't. Yeah. And listen, we're going to wrap it up here, but uh, yeah, there, there's not... I, I I could talk about this for days. It, it's emotional, man. Uh, tomorrow's his last game, probably, because they're, they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. No, after tonight's loss against Toronto, so close, I saw Dwayne Wade hit a turnaround three-point shot, drilled it. <sighs> I just like oh, that was nice. It was beautiful. Uh, yeah, dude. I don't know how I'm gonna get through watching that game. It's gonna be emotional. I'm just thinking about it. It's it's hard. Uh, you know what? That's that's it. Dwayne Wade, we love you. Uh, thank you. Can't thank you enough. Thank you, Dwayne Wade. Uh, oh my gosh. You know, let's take it. Let's take it back a little bit. All right, we're, couple we're, steps back. We're gonna change the topic a little bit. Take it back now, y'all. One hop this time. Oh. We're gonna hop back to the beginning of those. Last week, Daniel, or not necessarily the beginning. Just tell me, tell me about your week last last week. For people, for uh, for Victoria Martinez, who only listens to this podcast to hear about our lives. Here you go, Victoria. All right. So Victoria, um, not this Victoria, not our RA. Victoria. <laughs> this, You've gone into the habit. I, yeah, it's just, you know it's natural now. Um, my week's been pretty. Uh, you know, it's been pretty chill. Um, you know, not a whole lot, despite despite it. Our, our semester rearing to an end. I haven't had a whole lot of work. However, I did have one big event. And Victoria, you're not going to believe it. Um, we're club, speaking right to you. We're speaking right to you, Victoria. Um, basically, I had to work for this event called uh, for Club Down Under. They were doing this thing called Spring Fling, where they bring a bunch of musicians in. And Trippy Red, as uh, you may or may not know. Who? Trippy Red. I don't know if you listen to him, uh, Victoria, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we're just keeping. This. <laughs> we're just keeping. Are we doing this? Um, basically, he came out and I was banding people, and everybody decided to show up at eight. All four thousand people decided to show up at eight o'clock, and I was banding hundreds of people um, for about an hour and a half. And when Trippy Red finally gets on stage, right, he's finally performing. He's thirty minutes into his set, some drunk idiot decides to throw a water bottle at Trippy Red, and Trippy Red says with his wise words. 
if you do that again, I'm gonna jump you. Wow. And so, right? Poetry in motion. And basically, the guy, the idiot, you know what he does? What does he do? He throws another thing at Trippy Red. <laughs> and ba- Trippy Red goes, I told y'all, bye, drops the mic, it's and over. leaves. It's over. And that was the event. Trippy Red on That's a stage it? for 30 minutes. That was it. That was it. That, yeah, that does not sound like fun. It, uh, it does not sound like fun, but how was, how was your week, Thomas? Maybe it was more fun than mine. There were parts for sure that were fun. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know about that. Um, yeah, uh, I almost got a job at Starbucks this week. Uh, that, that's one thing. It'd be pretty funny if the person who interviewed me is listening to this podcast, because I told her to, to listen to this podcast. Um, but I went to an interview at Starbucks, um, I believe it was on Tuesday. Yeah, I believe it was on Tuesday. And it happened to be at a Starbucks 15 minutes away from here. I had to take an Uber to a part of Tallahassee that I'd never been to. Surprise! I drove past Florida A&M for the first time, and I gotta say it's a nice campus. Yeah. Um, I go to this Starbucks, wait five, ten minutes, and I sit down for an interview, and man, I took hold of that interview. Because you know, I'm usually the one doing the interviewing for newspaper, but I took hold of it. And uh, it was light, it was light conversation. As I said before, I told her to follow our podcast. I talked about my time um, in high school as part of newspaper publication. I just talked. I just talked to her about my experiences, and unfortunately, uh, the reason why I said that I almost got a job and that I'm not actually getting a job is because I will be in Valencia this summer, and that's when I would have been trained for the job. But she did tell me to reapply in the fall. So there's a silver lining there. So let me ask you a question. You wouldn't give up going to Valencia to train at Starbucks? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be diplomatic here and say no comment just in case this lady is listening to this episode. Good. Good answer. That's why you should be hired at Starbucks. Thank Boom. you. Oh, that was a test. It's a test. He passed. You're an undercover agent for them. <laughs> I am. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then I work today. I worked because uh, we're, we're recording this on Sunday night. Uh, I recorded today, Sunday, and uh, for Seminole Productions, uh, which is, you know, it's kind of tied into the ACC network and ESPN, and it's kind of, it's a program that's catered for students mostly in the digital media production uh, program within the communication school at FSU here, and it gives us an opportunity to get real-time experience working for a name brand ESPN and just covering live events. Yeah, so what did what did you cover live events, so what did you Okay, yeah, so I covered men's tennis today. Okay. So and you know I love tennis. We've talked about this before. Um, man, this was a great match. And it, since it was my first uh, it was my first time volunteering for them, I I was in the video room and I was color correcting the video as the sun was kind of you know moving through the yeah, sky. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas we were moving around the sun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't want to want to want to get that wrong. Um, <laughs> you mean we're not the center of the galaxy? Uh, Damn it. Let's just continue. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was just color correcting the the video, and yeah, I witnessed a great match. Honestly, I had a, I had a good time. Uh, FSU FSU tennis was playing Virginia Tech, and and college tennis is pretty much best four out of seven matches. We were down three one. We came back to win four three. And not only that, in the seventh match, uh, in the seventh match, our guy was down a set. He came back. The third set goes to a tie break, and he saves four match points. 
wins 9-7 in the tiebreak, he gets big dog pile afterward. FSU wins by two points. Dang. That's big time. Yeah. That's really big time. You know what else is big time? Yeah. Yeah. I know it's I know. You know it's big, big time. time. It's time. It's, the, it's time. It's time for the Masters, baby. Get out of here. Get, come on. Come on. Come on, get out of here. Get out of here. Go. Leave. Get out of here. Get out of here. Alright, come back. We gotta finish the podcast. Alright. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, this Thursday. I just after, walked out of the room. He literally did. I told him to get out of here and he got out of here. This this episode is a real, you know, emotional roller coaster. How do we we're talking about Dwayne Wade and the Masters in one episode? I mean listen. Thursday at 4.30, everything stops. Because the Masters starts. So you best believe the Earth stops spinning. It does for this for for the next four days. The gravity still somehow. It just works somehow because you know it's a pull from the sun. It doesn't matter. Augusta physics. Yeah. Um, Bryson DeChambeau would know. He would. Big names. Big names playing the Masters like always. Big names. Big names like Big Poppy would say. I don't know why I brought that out now. Dude, what if Big Poppy was was the analyst for the Masters? Points All right, this, this is a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> why, why are we doing they, this? They can't see us. Yeah, he points at this guy. It's an SNL skit. Look it up. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of big <laughs> names. We got a Uh-huh. Tiger, Tiger Woods. Woods. Let's start there. Okay. You know, I saw something. I saw something on Twitter today that will upset you. What? I saw a tweet from Tiger Tracker, uh, our good friend on Twitter, and he he's pretty much something along the lines of, guess who's the last man? on the 18th green at Augusta on Sunday night practicing. That is, that is big. Eldrick Tiger Woods. Oh my god. Yeah. He's he, been in, he's been in good form. Um, not necessarily the form that almost, you know, took him to a major championship at the PGA last year. Right. But making it to the quarterfinals of match play last week, you know, finishing top 10 in some events this year. He doesn't seem to be injured. There was there was something with his neck earlier this year, but there is no reason for us to believe, without you know obviously being in his camp and knowing him personally, to believe that he can't compete this year. I mean, I you never you never count out Tiger Woods. I don't care, you know how old he is. I don't care who he's going up against. Well, maybe if he's like seventy. Okay. No. Yeah, I'll even <laughs> bet my I'll bet my life savings on Tiger Woods at eighty <laughs> years old, Thomas. No, but. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's gonna probably gonna come out. He's probably gonna put on a good show. I mean, it's the Masters. It's Augusta National. That's his course. This is what I think is gonna happen. I think Thursday he's gonna struggle a little bit. He, he seems to never put together a good opening round. That's very true. I feel like it's always a seventy-one. So yeah. We're book it seventy-one Thursday, Friday, Saturday though. If things uh, look uh, the way that we might want them to look. Some 67s. Oh, how about a 65? Wow. Do you want a 65? Oh, I'm down for that. And listen, at the end of the day, we know Augusta. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be his ability to knock down putts on these razor fast greens. You know who I saw doing that last week? Who? Phil Mickelson. We love a good Instagram post from Phil Mickelson. He loves to give those pointers. He really does. I mean, Phil Mickelson has to be probably one of the funniest golfers I know. <laughs> um, but also, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Phil Mickelson right now. The past couple years, I feel like he's had something more to prove. Um, not really not. I, I, I'll take that back. He just hasn't been as competitive as I'd like him to be. You know, uh, I feel like he'll... 
shoot over a bit, probably two over, but I'm not expecting much from him. You don't expect him to compete? I don't expect him to compete, no. What's your what's your take for, for Phil? I mean, Phil Mickelson is 48 years old, so anything here is just an added bonus to an already incredible career. Exactly. Um, everything has to be perfect for him. The stars have to absolutely align, even more than they would have to for Tiger Woods, because I think Tiger Woods stands a little bit better of a chance than Phil. Um, I will say the fact that he's a lefty helps at Augusta shot shaping ability I and mean, we, we talk about guys like Bubble Watson I mean smacking that if you remember smack the ball across a, across the fairway over trees like okay um, yeah we're, we talk about guys like Bubba Watson who don't really do well in other majors and then Bubba wins two majors at Augusta he's another lefty um, that's definitely an added bonus for Phil I don't see him competing though I feel like he's going to be around that cut line on Friday, and I hope that he makes it because, you know, that would that would be an added bonus. Um, but somebody who I do expect to take a leap forward this this week, I was going to say this year, but I could really say this week yeah. at Augusta is Brooks Kepka. I Coming out of the FSU golf program, Brooks Kepka, 6 foot, 186 pounds, can drive a ball far as... I mean, give me a break. I mean, seriously. This guy works out with Dustin Johnson. This guy works out before his game, before he plays golf. This is how this is how monstrous he is. He won the U.S. Open twice in a row. I mean, are you kidding me? I think he's going to come out. I think he's going to play very strong. I hope he does. Um, I don't see him. I don't see him, though, playing up to the level of those who have elite talent, like Jordan Spieth and Rory. How do you feel? Well, as I said, Brooks has never played all too well at Augusta, but he didn't get a chance last year, which was a year in which he won two majors. So who would have known how he would have done at Augusta last year? Um, Spieth, I mean, everybody who watched the Masters last year remembers Spieth's 64 final round. Um, But the sad thing for him is that was really the last time that we saw him play at that level because he hasn't won a tournament since then. And in fact, he hasn't won a tournament since he won the 2017 Open Championship. Really? So if there's any place, though, for Jordan Spieth to regain that form that, you know, saw some people saying that, you know, maybe he'll catch up to Tiger one day somehow because he, he won the first two majors of the year. He, he was winning majors at 21, it seems like. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And um, if there's a place for him to recapture that magic, it's where it all started for him. That that, that would be the place for him. Um, his game is really suited for Augusta, and there's no reason for me to believe that he won't be that he won't be in the top 10 this, this week. Yeah, that's a pretty good top. You know... I think his worst finish ever is probably top 10, top 11 at Augusta. But I think he's going to do better than... Uh, I'm thinking about somebody else right now that he's going to do better than. Let me guess. Does his name start with a Ricky? Yeah, I'm talking about Ricky, Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler, yeah. Um, Ricky Fowler, you know, you, you got you to gotta love him. He's always so close. He's always right there, you know? I mean, he's that golfer that you want to see win, in my opinion. But if there is... I don't, he's not going to win it this year. I hope he does, but he probably won't. Somebody... He's overrated, Dan. He's overrated. I mean, seriously. Ricky Fowler. Dude in the major. I mean, seriously. 
Where does all this hype come from? Yeah, he looks great. <laughs> he looks great. Yeah, put him put him in this ad. Put him in that ad. But he doesn't perform. He doesn't do it at Augusta. I'm tired of these second place finishes, man. I'm tired of it. We're wearing orange on Sunday. Who do you think you are? <laughs> he wears orange on Sunday. Ricky Fowler. Give me a break. He's the one guy who wears orange. Like He was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to wake up wearing some orange today. Oh, I go to... I go to Syracuse. He doesn't even go to Syracuse. <laughs> That's the only reason you should wear orange. He's an orange man. He's an orange man. He's the only reason you should wear orange is because you go to Syracuse. Or Clemson. <laughs> you know what you know what bowl game he'd like? What? The, the orange, orange bowl. bowl. Oh. That was so stupid. That was good. <laughs> Alright, who else? Who else is gonna do well at the, at the Masters Day? You know what? You you can't count out Rory. You can't count out Rory McElroy. Count him out. Count him out, excuse me? He's a choker. He's not a cho choker? Did you watch the 2011 okay. Masters? Okay, 2011 Masters, yes, okay. Not every golfer, not every time you're gonna... Certainly not Rory McIlroy. Not, yeah, not Rory McIlroy in 2011 Masters. How many years has it been since he won a major? Four or five years? It can't be. It cannot be. Absolutely has been. It absolutely has been. Pull up the stats. <laughs> okay, I'm pulling up the stats. But the fact of the matter is... This too is his worst major. He hasn't won a major since 2014, and Augusta. I don't know if Augusta is a place for him, um, but he's he's streaky, man. So he he's either on this weekend or he's off, and he ha he has this he has the ball striking ability for sure. You know that he could he could you know strike it 320 yards on any of those par fives, put himself in better position than 95% of the players in that field. But it comes down to short game. Exactly. It comes down to short game, and that's a big determinant in whether he will do well or not. He is The most streaky part of his game is his short game, too. So that's a bad part, because every time you watch Rory play, you know that his, that his driving is going to be there. You know his iron play is going to be there. But it's really about his inconsistency on the green that is going to prevent him from winning the green jacket. You know who has a better chance, though? Who? 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 Come on. Mark Leishman. Mark? Who? That's a bad man. That's a bad man. Chupacabra. The Chupacabra. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mark Leishman. <laughs> Chupacabra? Yeah, you don't want to put a leash on Mark Leishman. Oh, book it. Mark Leishman. Where do you see the finish? Well, I want to say, because Mark Leishman is always that guy who's in the top five at Augusta after day one, it seems like. Daniel and I have had this running joke about this. So... <laughs> So Mark Leishman's gonna be there, but he never wins. <laughs> yeah, no, he never does. Um, but you know what? Who's, I was, yeah, our picks. You know what? I'm gonna have to go with the great, amazing Tiger Woods, Webb Simpson. What? Yep, Webb Simpson. He's <laughs> gonna finish. He's gonna shoot 18 under. Webb Simpson. Count it. Count it. Wait, what? What is he gonna do? He's gonna shoot 18 under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm putting all my money. I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to bet it all on Webster. Daniel, do not. Do not do this. That already, is crazy. I already, already bought my plane ticket. All right. You know who I'm going to pick. Thomas. Who are going to pick? You know who I'm going to pick. You know who I'm going to pick. Francesco Molinari. Francesco Molinari. Francesco Molinari.